0: Unique, yet common-sense opinions on sports.
1: This is Jeff Allen's Sports Talk.
0: All right, coming up on this week's show, we'll be joined by the student of the game, Kyle Nash, my colleague from A7BN Sports. We'll talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, whom he covers, some other NFL storylines, college football, basketball, and more. Kyle is standing by in the virtual green room And he will join us in just a few moments. Meanwhile, King James, the king of drama, (laughs) is in the news again. And interestingly enough, uh, it's for a little physical altercation uh, the other evening uh, on Sunday, as a matter of fact, as uh, the Lakers were in action. So, he got into it with Isaiah Stewart of the Detroit Pistons. LeBron giving him a big wallop upside the head, drawing blood. And, you know, Isaiah Stewart was not happy about that. And he was trying to uh, uh, get at LeBron. Now, here's the interesting aspect. Stewart gets suspended two games. LeBron, just for one. And they want us to take the NBA seriously. Come on. (sighs) ah. And of course, the you know the funny part is uh, you know I happen to have ESPN on my second screen. You know, I was watching college basketball. The game the Sports Center was on, but that volume down. Left hand corner of the box, they have the big breaking news picture of LeBron. LeBron gets ejected. That's breaking news. Come on. But of course, ESPN is all LeBron all the time. Just ask Paul Pierce. <laughs> uh, uh, so. I, I didn't have the volume up. They, you know, I'm sure they were thrilled because they got to put that little fight on the loop and just run it over and over again and, and keep the keep little LeBron talk going uh, constantly throughout their evening of SportsCenter. Uh, but breaking news, you know, that's that's their thing. Um, okay, I'm sure ESPN also determined again. I didn't listen to it, but I'm just picturing it that they deemed it wasn't his fault. And they themselves will appeal LeBron's suspension. All right, let's talk some NFL football, college football, and more. My colleague from A7BN Sports, the student of the game, Kyle Nash, is back on the show. Kyle, thank you so much for being here.
1: Always listen. Whenever I get the call, I'm always surprised Jeff Jeff Allen. Like I'm over here. Like, first of all, I got to follow trace. That's already tough. I don't walk and talk. I just stand still when I do my thing, (laughs) you know? So, I yeah, it's, it's a tough place all the way around. By the way, I might have an Aaron Evans original with art behind me, but I like the, the, the Rick you got there with your mic. Cool stuff, bud. No,
0: well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, it's always uh, cool to have a nice studio set up. And uh, I don't know if you can see behind me here, but I do have my uh, Braves championship banner up.
1: Yeah, I was I was trying to avoid that part.
0: <laughs> hey, man, it's once I mean, every twenty six years. I gotta gotta live it while I can.
1: <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't the cheaters, right? I mean, there you go.
0: There you go. Absolutely. All right. Well, Kyle, of course, you are a multiple guest on this show, so you're definitely worthy. And uh, you are the guy that can follow Trace and I think do a do an outstanding job. I shall do my best. <laughs> That's for sure. So uh, let's uh, talk a little bit. Of course, you know uh, we're colleagues uh, through. Uh, Captain and Company, The Morning Show, and the A7B and Sports Network. And, of course, for that said network, uh, you uh, cover the Jacksonville Jaguars. I and uh, interesting to get your uh, take on the season uh, with uh, rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence, uh, the embattled coach in Urban Meyer. And uh, give, me your, give me your thoughts on on the Jags in this season
1: yeah so even before even before i began coverage with the jags i i did do an afc south preview with the three-point conversion and with that i in that i would say that like six is going to be the cap on wins for the jags and really with the way they've played lately i can argue that you know a, a bounce of the ball here and there in a few of those games you know they could be a lot closer to that target than they currently are now granted I would have told you up front the 49ers probably wasn't one of those games where they would be uh, looking at uh, pulling away with a victory there, but the Niners are playing a lot more desperate football uh, of late, and I'll put it this way. If anybody was expecting the Jags to make noise this year, uh, you wouldn't have a reasonable expectation. You know, you had to treat Trevor Lawrence in there as a rookie, um, similar to uh, Peyton Manning, uh, the other guy who wore orange in college and was a number one overall pick, right? And he had three wins on his docket. And I haven't checked the stats of late, but as of halfway through the season, his stats are similar to Peyton Manning's, but there's no rushing stats on Peyton's side. Ah,
0: there is that. And of course, you know,
1: those are the trials and
0: tribulations of a rookie quarterback in the National Football League. There are going to be ups and downs no matter how you slice it. You know, you get those uh, rare outliers once in a while, but uh, it's tough to assume the reins of starting quarterback as a rookie in the national football league.
1: Sure. Even without the proper tools. And and listen, I'll say this. Normally I would, I would write the, this is the part where I would start the dissertation on how much work the offensive line needs. But honestly, health is, 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 and has been the issue, right? I mean, I feel like every week I'm in the press box. Ken Robinson has to leave the game for a bit because he's banged up again. You know?
0: Yeah. Most definitely injuries do take their toll in that regard. And then, Obviously, Urban had his little kerfuffle uh, <laughs> that uh, that caused a big stir, and you know everybody in their right mind was saying he's lost this team. There's no way he can uh, he could be the coach of this football team. But a little bit of the opposite has happened here, hasn't it?
1: Boy, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I should if I should talk about the short memory of the news cycle or whether or not I should comment on whether Urban Meyer should give John Gruden a Christmas card for taking the attention <laughs> off. Of it. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'll put it this way. I, I, Jeff, I thought it would dissipate at some point. I, I had t- taken stock and seen at what point the season it was and had seen, hey, there's a lot of weeks left, right? But I didn't think it would disappear before ha- the halfway point was gone. yeah That, that, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, and with that in mind, golly, it certainly looks like um, the potential for him to keep his job in Jacksonville may happen. And from uh, from a football standpoint, I can defend it because, again, Hey, I'm I'm a rookie head coach in the NFL. I have a rookie quarterback, and you, I have all this this new these new things I'm trying to develop. And I'll tell you, it's it's a very it, the machinations are many. I'll put it this way. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, so at least for now, you know he's uh, he's uh, much more under the radar, which is probably much more to the liking of the fan base at, at this stage of the game. Hmm. NFL storylines, you know, I'm looking at, at, at all the, you know, all the all the teams and all the records and, you know, it's kind of unusual to be hit Thanksgiving and really not thinking there's any really clear cut favorite in either conference. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is one of those uh, one of those chaotic seasons. And you know what, Jeff? I'm here for it. And this is this is football. This is football general, right? I'm not distinguishing college in the NFL here, and I'm sure we'll talk about college a little later. But like the 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 silliness of truly nobody feeling safe. Who had the Texans this past weekend? Liars, (laughs) all of you. Okay, yeah. Um, Gracious.
0: Yeah, you know, you you look at that. You know, you look at yo, know, uh, you know, Jacksonville and Buffalo. You know, I mean, you look, you look, yeah. at, you you look at that game. You look, yeah, my Cowboys have lost two of their last three, where they were completely dominated, and but they put a blowout one of their own in in the mix of that too. So it's you know, I've always said the NFL is a week to week business. You never know what you're going to get week in and week out. And this season seems to be multiplying in that direction.
1: Yeah. any Invin Sunday, isn't just a Jamie Foxx movie. No, I follow you <laughs> and, 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 and forgetting that you were a Cowboys fan, which is interesting considering the good captain is a, a Redskins fan in and of himself. In your case, you aren't finding your quarterback to inspire you to drink beer quite as often. I'm not just saying, cause his <laughs> name is Heineke. No, um, you know, it, it's interesting how after this Cowboys game that people want to tell me that the chiefs are back. You know, that's a thing they do in sports. So-and-so is back. But are they talking about, like, I don't know, Michael Vick at the Eagles back? Back in 2011, 2013, wherever that was? Or, Or are they talking, like, Texas Longhorn Miami Hurricanes back (laughs) because I'll put it this way there's one crucial play the turn the the interception in the end zone that Dak throws that is the key thing for all intents and purposes Jeff that is a two that is a two touchdown turnaround in that space and the final score was 19 to 9 ladies and gentlemen of the jury (laughs) I am not convinced the Chiefs are all that in a bag of chips now my good friend EJ Christian of the Huddle Up podcast and earnestly speaking Will tell you that oh they're back they're a lock for my playoffs. I'm like bro hold on you know I, weed is not legal yet in this state that I'm aware of. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah and then you look at the you know, at the AFC East where you know everybody thought Buffalo was going to run away with it, but oh hey look and behold lo and behold the old guard is uh, in the mix in uh, the New England Patriots as much yeah. as as much as you like to see them go away. They're they're pulling the cockroach life span here. It looks like
1: <laughs> and I like that. Yeah, they can't even nuclear holocaust will not take out the Patriots. Right now, well, you say that COVID-19 did. OK, yeah. and I said it. I don't know if it was on your show. If I had the opportunity to uh, wax poetic on it last year, I probably did. But if I didn't, here's what I'll say here for those who don't remember. Um, <clears throat> the Patriots are a case of COVID away from being in those playoffs right if you'll remember cam newton contracted it last year could be are you part of the reason of his vaccination status why it was cut this year but we won't get into that that's not this show jeff (laughs) but um uh that you're like oh well he was only out for two weeks sure but the practices the team had to miss the impact that it had on the entire uh, campus, for lack of a better word. That affected them for three, four weeks, I would say. And three or four wins on the Patriots last year, they're looking about what they look like now, Jeff Allen. Understand. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, well, that's ridiculous. Bill Belichick is not important. Only Tom Brady is. Well, apparently Bill's entered the chat. He doesn't agree with that take.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just say, yeah, and again, I always find that argument silly because it's like, okay, yes, both of them together a whole other level and you can't I to me I don't think you could really pick one more important than the other as far as far as that goes uh you know then you look at the AFC North you know the Browns where everybody's darling uh you know it, but they're sitting last place in division at six and five granted at least all whole divisions above 500 which is uh which is interesting but I find it the the thing that intrigues me now is now I was not in favor of a 17 game season. I still think 16 is the right number, mm-hmm. but 17 now adds a new dynamic because teams can stay alive in this thing a little bit longer, which ultimately they're going to get to 18 and draw that scenario out even further. So, it, you know, teams that would would be, you know, six and five at this stage in a, in a 16 game season, we're going to have a hard time getting in. That extra game may open a door.
1: Yeah, no, son suddenly breathes life. Yeah, and and you call it what it's worth. I'm the guy that likes ties, and I miss not having 500 records. Listen, some teams weren't good enough to be winning teams, but darn it, they're better than being considered losing teams. And that eight and eight mark was perfect for that. Um, But yeah, no, it's an interesting point about the dynamic. I am too not personally for the... The longer schedule, but I'll see that and raise you the added seventh spot in the playoffs. Not in favor of that personally. Heck, we've already gotten teams in um, with losing records at this point. But again, life life breathed into fan bases for postseason action in both instances.
0: Yeah, and you know in the NFL, which you know the reason that sport works is parity because you know you look year in year out, all but only a handful of teams have a chance.
1: You know, and it's an interesting point. It's something I just kind of thought of right here talking with you, Jeff. So, hey, here's an exclusive for you, right? All right. Isn't it interesting that the evil empire is truly finally thwarted when Brady leaves New England? And now that dynasty being flattened, we're in a state of chaos like hasn't been seen before now i know the argument could be made oh but kyle the brady won the super bowl again what's more predictable than that hey listen if you could predict three chiefs offensive linemen not being healthy going into the super bowl you know then hey call up miss cleo and get her out of jail i'm just saying
0: yeah, no, and, and we talked about that on the uh, special show we did uh, 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 going to the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, when your offensive line is compromised, good luck to you. It's it it, uh, it makes makes it makes the sliding a whole lot tougher. Uh, let's oh, talk yeah. a little college football, and of course, uh, uh, you know Gainesville, not far from the uh, the, uh, the, the 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 confines of Jacksonville. And, uh, you know, Dan Mullen, you know, the week prior fires his defensive coordinator. And a week later, you know, he's being called into the office and handed a pink slip. I mean, is this a case where a coach lost a team in
1: almost like record fashion? <laughs> yeah, it certainly seems that way, does it? I mean, when it when it collapses, it collapses fast in the coaching office in Florida. I mean, whether we're talking about Ron Zook or, or, or whoever, I don't count Urban there as a technicality because, you know, he was on a dime because of, oh, my heart. Well, yeah, much leave that or not at this juncture and spending and time with way, his family. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, don't think the bitterness in North Florida has left because I've seen some I've seen some venom from reporters in uh, press conferences uh, in the Jacksonville Jaguars locker room. But I digress <laughs> on that point. Um, yeah, man. And, but you know what? As much as I t- as much as I talk about. The carousel turning quickly for coaches at some programs with a a program like Florida that has to compete with so many top level programs like, you know, barring this year where Georgia seems to be completely indomitable, like Georgia's always always was that team that looked great, but wasn't going to be quite there because of Bama or some other misstep they had throughout the year. But Georgia was still a prime thing on their schedule. And, oh, by the way, you know, maybe they'll have to come across Alabama every now and again. Like, the SEC is life, and it's very difficult. And then, oh, by the way, you're trying to recruit against all the other big schools in this state. Granted, only a couple of them are currently bowl eligible right now. And really, that'll be on the strength of a technicality this weekend when the FSU and Florida determine that, yeah. you know, say what you will about Gus Malzahn and the, the UCF Knights, but um, uh, that competition level, if you drop just an inch, you're, you're, you're miles behind, and I could see the urgency there.
0: Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that you know, has been said about Dan Mullen, he was not a great recruiter. In fact, I even heard recently that uh, uh, Urban didn't let him go out and recruit. You know, he's just worked on the offense, uh, you know, and, and you are talking about, you know, in the SEC, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, you look. You talked about Alabama and Georgia, and you look at what those things have, they all have facilities. Florida's now s- starting to catch up, but they're behind in that, in that regard. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it can't be all. Place to Dan Mullen's feet either, because you know what's what's the big thing about re- recruiting now? What do, what are your facilities like? You know uh, what jerseys are we going to get to wear? You know all this all this ex, extra extraneous stuff that goes along with that. But that said, you know I think Mullen may have got himself a little bit of a, a little bit of a pickle by not deciding on a quarterback right away.
1: Oh, sure. And and I mean, if you make a mistake at quarterback, that's always going to be your first misstep. Right. And, and something else I'll add in is, you know, some coaches just aren't able to lean into the NIL, into the new world. What shocks me most? And I'll use him as an example because he's a guy I cover on the regular and Gus Malzahn. I don't give a damn if he's 56, Jeff. This guy relates to the kids. He might at this point relate to him better than I do because, heck, he hangs out with twenty-year-olds more on a daily basis than I do. The best <laughs> I got for dealing with kids is a seven-year-old dude. I'm I'm hurting if I'm trying to relate to college students outside of a of an interview setting, you know. <laughs> so, uh, what, what, what's the line I loved is like my my mom uses Facebook. Facebook that's in the past, you know. Like oh <laughs> snap. You know, I just got burned by a 56-year-old calling out me using Facebook Live for stuff. Ah, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's that piece, too, that we speak to. Like, if you don't focus more on the athlete, especially in a world where we live in the NIL, yeah, you're going to be in huge trouble.
0: Yeah. And you look at the microwave society we live in now, because, you know, how many – how many misfires has Florida made with their head coach now? And you have to do it and you have to do it fast. You don't get the time like you used to.
1: Yeah. You can't wait and hope Michigan screws up and fires Hollerball or something like that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it is. it It is it is crazy. Uh, college football playoffs. So what are, what are your thoughts on Cincinnati? you think they got a chance to, you know, I've heard some conversation lately uh, like Gary Danielson from CBS saying, Cincinnati's got their destiny in their own hands now. If they win out, I still am skeptical about that. I still think the committee will uh, will uh, find the their their golden excuse to to keep the Bearcats out. But uh, mm-hmm. and I and I don't think they should be kept out if they if they go undefeated.
1: But we've seen this movie before. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, there are two. Speaking of movies, there are two. I'm going to quote. In my assessment of the situation, for those believing that Cincinnati has a chance, welcome to Admiral Akbar from Star Wars. It's a trap. Okay. And then the next movie being um, Jurassic Park. When it comes to the committee finding a way to keep Cincinnati up, I'm not going to say life, instead, I'm going to say strife. Strife finds a way. The committee <laughs> will come up with something, something to keep these these this team out okay i'm not saying they belong there far from it however here's my conspiracy theory if the committee was going to pick a year to to have the g5 lose face and let someone sneak in by the way as i postulated they should have done uh uh, on other instant in other instances uh actually with the cincinnati team last year go ahead let them in then When they play Georgia and get wiped, the narrative will be, well, we can't let a G5 back in. Look what Georgia did to them, you know? (laughs) So, whereas it's a lot more dangerous with the UCF-style team that's far more balanced can actually put the ball in the air um, to be be dangerous with a long pass. Not to say that Cincinnati can't do it, but Desmond Ritter is not a bomb thrower first and foremost. Yeah, and they're
0: built on defense, yeah.
1: Correct. So, you know, you're built on defense, and, and you're going to be put in a situation where you're playing an sec team i am sorry my friends physics at some point takes over and when your o-line in college averages 320 somebody's going to get ragdolled a few times it happens yeah. um yeah. so I, I, from that standpoint i see i see there being a negative effect if uh, Cincinnati could come forth, at least the opportunity to manufacture one, and that's assuming the c- committee doesn't turn tail and pull the strength of schedule card out, um, outright. And anybody who wants the G five to make the top four, you just became a Notre Dame fan for the yes, uh, rest of the year,
0: not for nothing. Yes, not for nothing. And a matter of fact, uh, you know, Cincinnati got a little bit of a break this week because Notre Dame did move up, and mm-hmm. Houston finally got ranked. So they, they do have that opportunity to, quote unquote, get a an additional quality win come the uh, conference championship game. Now, Houston is not top 15, but still, it's better than have them out of the top 25, if you will. So it uh, it is a definitely interesting situation. And, in, in, you know, there's a and to me, I think Alabama gets in with two losses no matter
1: what. As do I. But a lot of people are saying, oh, that won't happen. I'm like, oh, OK, well, hey, listen, I'm going to eat my popcorn. And if if and when I am wrong, I will celebrate right next to you, my friends. Yeah, no, it was it was three years ago, I think, uh, uh,
0: or three or four years ago. And I remember I saying four, I, I remember saying in October, uh, you know, when Alabama had a loss, oh, they're not going to be in the playoffs. I said, Mark, my words, they'll lose one more game and they'll still be in. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it's just pre- all, almost preordained. If you will. Uh, of course, uh, let's talk a little bit the, about the hometown team, the UCF Knights. Uh, what's your take on this season? It's been a little bit up and down. It's obviously been ravaged by injuries, particularly, you know, losing your star players in uh, Dylan Gabriel and Jalen Robinson uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, the fact that I think they're sitting at seven wins
1: is actually pretty good blasted Jeff you're going through the IR you forgot another significant name Gus Malzahn yes what the heck is going on right I mean goodness gracious um I I really I literally how many times I've asked I've I've asked coach about how unique this season is in his veteran years I've had to stop like that question keeps getting old (laughs) because <laughs> it keeps coming up. And, um, you know, if this is one of those where it's so wild. I want to see the ending first before I watch the R Time special because I'm not going to believe it's real if I start watching it week to week at this point. Okay. <laughs> and I'm experiencing it, you know, covering this, Dean. Good gravy. And, and you know, I, I heard I was talking to uh, Mr. Mr. Tr- uh, Mr. Traco, Mr. Trace. Um, uh, What was it? Uh, after the game, uh, a little bit. And he posed a question. Does Josh Heupel, does a Josh Heupel coach team, everything the same, the players, the injuries, yes, somehow even Josh Heupel recruits Isaiah Bowser, let's say. Does he win these games like the Tulane game, like the ECU game at home? Does he um, find the success um, to, you know, does he blow out Temple? Does he find a way to turn around Navy? Those kinds of questions. More often than not, the answer did not favor Mr. Hepel in the group of, uh, 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 of guys that were talking about that. It's a very interesting question to pose. And the thing that I take away, there's something about Coach. Like I said, I don't care what age he is. He relates to these cats. I, I can just tell by what we see in the locker room on the sideline. Um, the, this group is running through walls and – Mikey Keene, say what you will about him, for a guy who was definitely not expected to play right now, doing a good job. You know, this defense, stepping up in a way went from basically sacking nobody, couldn't find a sack in a grocery store early in the year, now is intimidated every quarterback. Yes, say what you will about Molokai um, um, uh, escaping and still making plays when they traveled to SMU. He was still running all over the field to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, it is a, it is very interesting to try to grade them on this thing. I think my 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 concerns with Gus Malzahn, mm-hmm. um again, I will I will say that I am on the positive side of the fence with him. Sure. But I, I have two thoughts that, you know, I thought the I'm kind of glad they've kind of gotten away from the Joey Gatewood stuff. Yeah. And I know they I know they've had a Parker Navarro in here and there. But to me, he was he was killing momentums of drives when mikey was in rhythm and uh and then switching things out that that was kind of like one bugaboo i had and then i think the other is that uh, you know i think he needs to look at and i said this about josh heupel i think he needs to have a play caller mm-hmm. I, I know the head coach and i can see him doing his first year to set the tone but i think in today's college football you got to have the play caller i think you have the head coach being the head coach that's just that's just my opinion and you know, Dan Mullen's available. Play
1: call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, just saying. Uh, I, well, and maybe not Mike Norvell will be available soon. I mean, yeah, I yeah. One, right? But uh, <laughs> you know, those, those are kind of my only things that you know that I have to, to quote unquote gripe about, if you will. But uh, but overall, knowing the hand he's been dealt this season. Oh my gosh! You know, yeah, it's no, it's amazing. Uh,
1: you know, you, you're onto something with the Gatewood thing. I know that's the big thing um, there. But say what you will about that there are times that it is just flat out worked. It's worked more often than it has. Unfortunately, it worked out a bunch of times at the same time in the Navy game. and could have argue, arguably been what changed the, what do you say, tempo of yeah, what was going on.
0: Especially in the final drive in
1: that game. Yeah, and you don't want to lose tempo against an offense that's already going to slow you down and drag you running the um, option. You yeah. know? so uh, In that game, there's certainly... Something to be said to that, and and anything that 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 seems that small but can cost you a W on the on the schedule, it, it's worth bringing up. I'm with that. However, literally um, a lot of other things on offense. And by the way, as a side note, something else I feel I have to point out with this offensive line: Aaron Evans, Wyatt Miller, um, both the previous uh, both tackles in previous classes in the 17 and 18 year. Uh, Aaron Evans, in his case, of course, was gone in 18, but those are both guys that ended up in NFL rosters at some point. Now, one of them quit to take up painting, but that's a whole other question. The punchline being, um, (laughs) you do not have NFL caliber linemen on um, this group, at least not yet. Maybe Matt Lee at center can mature into one, but um, you know, as much as I like the work, let's say Cole Schneider does, for example, they're, they're undersized in the interior and the tackles. I'm not here to say they're bad, but they're not Aaron Evans, Dwight Miller. Yeah. So I think those are all, those are all things that the fans, um, are now account- are not accounting for, you know, there's not as say what you will. Oh, Dylan can't run. No, Dylan's attacked in ways that Mackenzie Milton never was, you know, just as an example. Yeah, and
0: you know, and then you look at that. You know, now when he starts, you know, recruiting his guys in, because mm-hmm. we know Gus likes the power running game, and you see what a difference Isaiah Bowser makes uh, when he when he's in the lineup. He is a difference maker to whether this team wins or loses. So, uh, you know, when he starts getting the kind of line that he wants in here, mm-hmm. you know, then then I think you can give him a more fair assessment in that regard.
1: Absolutely. And let's say let's say Isaiah stays because technically he could and maybe he wants to to get a better resume to go into the pros with a more full season than the one that he's uh, dealt here with the injuries or whatnot. I'm I'm not saying that's going to happen. Let's say it does. What he does in pass protection is absolutely ridiculous. The number of times I've seen him cross to the other side without even disturbing the rookie quarterback to make a, a play and pass protection. It's just a fantastic, that's, that's a brain play just as much as the muscles there. I mean, it, it, props to Isaiah Bowser. And then by extension for uh, coach Belzon to find that kind of talent. <laughs> All right, let's uh, switch over UCF basketball. And I know
0: you're uh, covering them a lot more uh, these yeah. days for the black and gold bannerets, yes. as uh, you've uh, added them to your long resume of uh, sports <laughs> entities. Uh, Something like that, yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, let's talk about the. You know, nights off to a four zero start. I like to use the word cautiously optimistic because mm. it's it's November, but you know they got two nice road wins, uh, with Miami being one of them. Uh, you know, and I look at this lineup and I see, you know, I see a very athletic, a very talented and a very deep team. Uh, there's to me, there's a lot of, of upside that we could look forward to here.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned the depth. You know, it's funny. Coach Dawkins doesn't strike me as a guy who is by any means going to be overly confident or anything cocky or make a declaration of of success or a goal that he expects to meet unless he darn well thinks you're going to get there. And when he said to me at media day or said to us, I should say in media day that he felt like this was a tournament team that caught my attention, especially coming out of a COVID year where he had reported having five guys at practices on occasion. The most exciting thing from coach Dawkins perspective is having full practices That in itself should have given you a message that whatever you thought you saw last year, you're not seeing that this year. You're seeing an improved uh, product. And that's without me even bringing in the UNLV transfer, Sheik Mbake Zhang. Mbake, bless that, man. He is the closest thing I'm going to get to 90s basketball, other than maybe Taco Fall. And I love every stinking minute of it. Maybe he's not a six-footer, but that is a fun man to watch in the middle. And, and here's, here's a particular example to the depth, getting back to that. Um, Dre Fuller, coming off the bench as a guard, had nine points against Jacksonville University, the Jacksonville Dolphins. I know it's very confusing. Um, you may not have never heard of them, and they were coming in expecting a team that was going to bounce around in the middle and, and give C.J. Walker and Bakke a battle. But then they hit they were hitting at 50 percent from three by halftime lesser teams crumble under that sort of a statistical anomaly, but this UCF squad held off, held on to win that ball game by way of their depth off the bench, tied for second in scoring. Dre Fuller comes in with those nine points, three assists, uh, a steal and a block as well, I believe, um, and changes the game enough just by his impact to win the game or, or, or help win, win the game. This is the kind of thing you see every performer, is dominant or every top of four in the game is dominant in a different way. It's, it's, you, you just never know what you're going to see out of a stat line, out of a box score from these cats.
0: Yeah. And you talk about Jong, and, and what I love about him, you know, because, you know, Dawkins loves having that, that, that man in the middle patrolling the paint, you know, guarding the rim. What I love about him, and tell me what you think of this, uh, this comparison, Please. um, you know, he is almost a combination of Taco Fall. And Chad Brown because he brings that that brown type of energy. Oh yeah, and he brings the defensive you know shot blocking ability. You know, Chad Brown was a pretty good shot blocker in his own right, but mm-hmm. uh, but I just love what he brings uh, to the team because it it also helps ignite fast breaks the way he plays defense.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and I'm my, one of my personal favorite turnarounds he had. Again, I'm, I'm referencing that Jacksonville game again. They there they, they slung a skip pass down court and. Bake looked like a safety picking it off when he caught the interception for the pass and then kicks it back out to start a break. I mean, yeah, I expect rejections and I love them. And, you know, when his first rejection of the season, when he gave me the Mutombo uh, finger wave to show me the energy he has, despite his reserved nature in the interviews, um, I'll tell you, man, it, the way he can move is is impressive i mean i'm not here to say that you know he's 300 pounds that could play o-line you know double playing o-line for ucf football or anything but this is not this is not just a beanpole like this guy has some mass to him and he's still very fluid in his movement it's very impressive to see but let's take nothing away from the guards in the way that they've been shooting Mm -hmm. and dissing the rock about um relatively uh strong with turnovers um you know rather i should say in keeping them down you never know who is going to be the top scorer in a night, but you got to pick your poison if you're the opponent.
0: Yeah, and you got to love all the dunks too, because man, oh. that that uh, that uh, gets that young student section revved up uh, when they're throwing those things down. And when you got guys <laughs> from the bench that are doing it, God bless them. You know, <laughs> yeah, no question about it. Good stuff, good stuff there. And then of course, you know. UCF's in a tough basketball conference. You know, yes. boy, boy, look what Cincinnati did at Illinois last night <laughs> with a 20-plus point win. Uh, you know, in Houston and Memphis are ranked. Uh, this is a, uh, you know, and I know John Rothstein has called them a sleeper team. So, you know, this is a very interesting uh, season in the AAC because UCF can be in the top part of the
1: conference here. Absolutely. And, and actually, you know, credit to this conference. I, I know they're in air quotes – Mid major compared to the soon to be Big 12 that you'll be seeing on the UCF schedule. But that'll be, listen, we're all looking forward to this next Oklahoma game that they're going to be hosting on Saturday, uh, which, uh, listen, I'm going I'm to, that probably might be my favorite game I watch this year, depending on how that goes, win or lose. Um, but that, that I, games like that are on the schedule. Actually, both the men and the women have scheduled games like that for the sole purpose of preparing for what will be life. Come twenty twenty three, the the program is very aware of trying to find that maturation process, because it could be argued that the biggest increase in in schedule or or prowess amongst soon to be opponents is in fact in basketball.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so what do you think? Do the do the knights uh, the you know run out with a Big Twelve flag? <laughs> um okay. I, I,
1: that does that does not sound like a dawkins type move but i have been surprised before
0: yeah no question about that so hey it's always uh fun to uh chat sports with you my friend and uh you know we're coming up on thanksgiving so i uh, wanted to ask you what your what's your favorite thing about thanksgiving holiday
1: you know, I mean, for me, and, and 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 forgive the cynicism that comes with this take, but I, I I pondered this a bit. And and really what it comes down to, this stage of my life and all having the two kids, you know, being in a in a uh, situation where we're covering sport that's really hitting the ground running during these holidays, what days off, whatever. You know, um the, the 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 thing for me is I feel like Thanksgiving, my favorite thing about it is that it gives me all the stuff that I want at Christmas but is more of a pain in the butt to get because I got to land gifts. Okay. Cause like, listen, they're, they're under 10, Jeff. I can't get Christmas wrong when it comes to what's under the tree. Okay. That, that's a rough day for everybody. If that happened, um, you know,
0: so oh, yeah, definitely. And of course, you know, and of course, you know, we have football and that's a, a wonderful thing. College basketball getting underway, which, uh, which is great. So uh, before I let you run, give me the, give me the rundown. Give me the roster. Of, uh, of 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 all the things that the student of the game is doing to keep uh, keep our sports world entertained and informed.
1: Well, first of all, and I'm glad by the way you led with entertained because you're not having fun with sport. You're doing it wrong. I know too many <laughs> I know too many people that cover the sport uh, sports in general that need to remember that lesson. So there's there's one in the pocket for it if you were looking for some words of wisdom there, sports uh, 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 personalities out there. But anyways, thank you Jeff for having me aboard my A7BN sports cohort you know in that space you have seen me known as kumo kyle i'm sure with captain chris hill on the captain and company morning show i'm going to become a regular once a week again on mondays managed to finagle the day job in such a fashion to where i could get it under control and make that happen so that's going to be good check out my twitter the sotg check out my instagram the sotg check out my facebook as the student of the game check out my ucf work for basketball with the black and gold banneret, of course, finishing out the football season, of course, with the three point conversion uh, at the three point conversion dot com, the number three. And, of course, my work doing pop culture and other things, uh, movies with my friend Demosthenes Euclid at Hilarity by default on YouTube. So, yeah, I think that's it. OK, we're good.
0: <laughs> and, and he has a day job. When do and you I sleep? When do you sleep? Late. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a day job, two kids, a wife who hasn't left yet. There you go. Late and quick, it sounds like. And, uh, you know, uh, And speaking of our, our good friend, the captain, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've been wanting to have him back on my show, but he's been doing the too busy thing with me. I think he's big time in me.
1: Hey, you know what? (laughs) I'll bring him back to Earth. I got you, Jeff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you tell him. You tell him. All right. Well, Kyle Dash, as always, man, I I always appreciate your time. Thank you very much and uh, have a great and safe, happy Thanksgiving.
1: You as well, Jeff. Always fun to be aboard. Looking forward and hopeful for the next time. And, you know, if I have to follow Trace, so be it. (laughs) No
0: worries, man. Thanks again. And we'll be right back to close out with a TV theme right after this.
1: No Republicans, no Democrats, no team from Washington, no team with a star on the side of their head. We don't even talk about alpha and beta storms around here. And if you believe all of that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Captain and company in the morning, join me, 9 to noon, weekday mornings on OldSchool101.com because class is always in session around here. Virus or no virus. (laughs) Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and, hers and, her and his sweet company, company too. Come and dance on our floor.
0: And that the very recognizable theme from Three's Company that ran for eight seasons on ABC 1977 to 1984. The story revolves around three single roommates, Janet Wood, played by Joyce DeWitt, Chrissy Snow by Suzanne Somers, and Jack Tripper, played amazingly by John Ritter, who all platonically lived together in a Santa Monica, California apartment complex owned by Stanley Roper, played by... Norman Fell and Helen Roper, Audra Lindley, played that part. And, of course, the part of the fact that the Ropers, or I would say Stanley in particular, did not want a single guy living with two girls. So Jack Tripper pretends he is gay around the Ropers, but uh, is a uh, single ladies' man the rest of the time with his tongue dragging on the ground.
1: <laughs>
0: and of course, after, uh, uh, fell and Lindley left the series for their own sitcom called ironically, the Ropers, Don Knotts came in as their new building manager, Ralph Furley, the legendary comic actor, Don Knotts. And after summers left in 1980, uh, Jenny Lee Harrison was, uh, uh first cast as the additional roommate as her, First cousin, Cindy Snow, but then she was later replaced by Priscilla Barnes, who played Terry Alden. And of course, the show really just is a constant series of misunderstandings, their social lives and their financial woes, and of course, the great physical comedy skills of John Ritter. And it was a top 10 hit from 77 to 83 and still remains popular today in syndication and DVD releases. And that, of course, is our TV theme, Threes Company. And before I run out of here, let me wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. And as always, I'm thankful for you for spending time listening to this very here podcast. And uh, please share with a friend if you haven't already. And with that, we are done here.